Uh, we've been, for the last month or so, uh, in this series we've been calling Casting Christmas. And uh, we've been looking at the, the different characters that God has used, uh, some of the unlikely characters that God has used in the Christmas story uh, to, to tell that story. And uh, we talked about the shepherds, uh, kind of the average Joe uh, workers of the day that uh, God chose to, to give the biggest birth announcement ever to. Uh, we talked about Mary and Joseph and how uh, this, this unknown couple uh, from this small little, little town, you know, didn't have any wealth or prestige or celebrity or influence or anything, yet that's the couple that God chose to entrust with them to bring the Savior of the world and, and raise him up. And in uh, Christmas Eve services, Chris talked about of all the different ways that God could have made an entrance into the world. Uh, ways that we probably would have chosen, ways of power and might and fanfare, yet God chose to do it in this very ordinary, subtle way uh, of this, this unknown birth. Uh, and so just kind of these ordinary characters, unlikely characters, and uh, the theme that, that we've been coming to again and again each week as we've been talking about this is a truth that really permeates all of Scripture, is that God uses ordinary people to accomplish his extraordinary story. God uses the ordinary in his extraordinary story. And you see that all throughout scripture, God uses shepherds and fishermen and tax collectors and the too young and the too old and the too broken and just regular people. He uses the ordinary to accomplish his extraordinary story. This amazing story all throughout history of how God has been working to redeem mankind and pull them in and God does that through just ordinary, regular people. And so I want to look one more time at a verse that uh, we've looked at a lot this fall, Acts 4, 13. And uh, it's a verse that uh, once I say it, you probably recognize it. But I think it's fitting in the last Sunday of the year to go back and look at a verse that's been core to what we've been doing uh, this fall as a church. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. Unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Peter and John, who started out just as fishermen, just regular fishermen, no advanced education, just kind of the working class people of the day, regular folk. Yet those are the people that Jesus chose to pour into. Out of all the people that he could have, could have chosen to to entrust the, the future of his ministry, the future of his church, right? There, there were powerful and intelligent and well-educated and influential people around Jerusalem and Rome and all throughout the, that area, but yet Jesus chose Peter and John, just, just two ordinary guys, two ordinary fishermen, and he entrusts the future of the church to them. The future of his ministry, everything that he had started, the work that he's done to bring about the kingdom of God on earth is left in the hands of these two ordinary guys. But yet something about them was different is they noticed that they, these men had been with Jesus. And so in Acts here, we find Peter and John in front of the council and they are preaching the gospel with boldness and taking this bold stand for, for the, the church and for Jesus. And people are saying, whoa. Aren't these just ordinary guys? But there's something about them, and that something is that they had been with Jesus. And so God uses ordinary people. When you encounter Jesus, it changes you, and he uses you in his extraordinary story. Well, at Crossroads, uh, we don't have any billionaires here. We don't have any celebrities here. We don't have any heads of state here. 
But one of the things that I love about this church is that God is using so many of you in amazing ways to, to bring about his extraordinary story. So this, this uh, Sunday, we want to take a little bit of time and just have a conversation with three of you that God is using in some really cool ways. And I want to celebrate that and, and just kind of give you some insight on the ways that God is working through our church to make our community a better place. So uh, if you guys, if the, the people I'm interviewing, if you guys would make your way up and uh, if you would give them a round of applause and make them feel welcomed as they come up, you guys are in for a treat. <clears throat> Yeah, come up, grab a seat. So we have uh, Tom Smith, Elizabeth Jernigan, and Brian Herzog. And uh, if you would, um, uh, if you would just kind of introduce yourself, let us know how long you've been here at Crossroads, and then go ahead and tell us a little bit about the ministry that you're representing and the ministry that you're, uh, you're involved in here. So Brian, if you would, uh, why don't you go first for us? Absolutely. Um, Brian Herzog, I'm an ordinary guy. Um, I've been attending Crossroads with my wife, Julie, and my two kids, Elijah and Lydia, for about 15 years now. Um, I've been part of um, the children's ministry doing Action Pact. For those of you who don't know, I'm going to set the record straight right now. I play Gordo. Um, so I might be a little nervous up here on stage. Um, uh, no, I love it. Uh, I am a part of a ministry called Dad Camp, and Dad Camp is all about restoring the hearts of men. Our world is struggling with fatherlessness, either a disengaged father uh, who is in the home um, but is just not engaged with his family, or a father who is just absent, and it's destroying our world. Um, if you look around, not just here in Kokomo, but everywhere in the world, dads are failing. And Dad Camp is all about restoring the hearts of men because when a father is strong, his family is strong. When his family is strong, the community is strong. And when the community is strong, nations are strong. And when the nations are strong, a world is strong. So we see a world where every family has a great dad. And we're not going to stop until we see a day where every family has a great dad. And so um, that's what Dad Camp is all about, and it's just awesome to be a part of that ministry. Cool. That's a great ministry. I've been involved with, been able to take my boys to some of the Dad Camp weekends, um, and it's, it's so great. It's so good. Elizabeth, why don't you go? Um, my name is Elizabeth Jernigan, and I probably won't speak as well as Gordo here, but I'll try. <laughs> um, my husband, Craig, and I have been attending Crossroads before the building was here, about 16 years. Um, our son Aiden is 15, Brianna's 13, and Lucy is 10. And I'm here to represent the Flawless Ministry, which was started last year to help young girls realize their identity in Christ, not, not the way that the world has identified them or the way their friends have or the way their maybe some of them their parents have, um, and to give them a new name, and that's a daughter of the king. They're loved, they're beautiful, they're chosen, they're worthy, they're forgiven, and they're flawless. Awesome. Great. Tom? My name's Tom Smith, and uh, I've been going here probably, how, how long has this building been here? I've been going since right after it was built. 2003, I think. Yeah. And uh, my wife, Christy, and I attend here. We usually come to the second service, but... Um, I'm glad you came to the 915 today. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, this is early for us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I am the leader, I guess, the manager of God's Garage, and that's an auto repair ministry that we that we started about a year and a half ago. It goes back a little farther than that. I started doing uh, fluid checks and tire pressure checks during um, the warehouse pantry weekend, the third Saturday of each month. And in, in doing that, uh, I saw that there was a really big need for people to get their cars worked on at, at a cheaper labor price. So, um, so we do that. We don't charge any labor. We ask that they uh, buy the parts. So it's going really well. As you've probably heard, we've had a building donated to us down the road here. The city has given us a grant for some equipment. So by March the 30th, we hope to be in our new building. And uh, what I love about God's Garage is that that ministry is a game changer for, you know, if you're a single mom and you, the, you know, you need a transportation to get your kids to school or to go to work and uh, if it breaks down, you don't have the income to fix it. Um, and there's been so many uh, families that have been impacted because of uh, the generosity of the, the people at God's Garage. Cool. Cool ministries. Um, <clears throat> I want to take a minute to talk a little bit about just how uh, those ministries started and how you got involved with them. And uh, the truth is every ministry starts from a, a burden or a passion, something that God lays on your heart. Uh, so what, what did God do in each of your hearts uh, to start you down the path to, to the ministry that you're involved in and, and where you are today? If you wouldn't mind sharing just a little bit about that. Elizabeth, do you, you want to go first? Well, for several years, I've had a burden for little girls, and I didn't know what that looked like. Um, having young girls myself and into their teenage years has definitely been a challenge. I don't know if anyone else parenting teenagers have challenges, but I do, and we do. Um, does anybody have challenges? Maybe adult children or maybe little young children, you have challenges, but um, I noticed you know, a lot of little girls, some don't have parents, some don't have um, complete, you know, their family isn't complete in the home, and um, boys too, of course, but, um, and then last year in January, I was driving home, and I was thinking of ministry or Bible study for little girls, and the song, Mercy Me, The Crosses Made You Flawless came on, and I thought, oh, flawless, what a beautiful name for a girls' ministry, and so that thought went on for another four months. I went to the Women's Life event where, um, and I got permission to share this a little bit about this, um, where this woman named Shannon spoke, and she was 42 years old at the time. This was April of last year. She'd been clean from addiction for four years, and she said when she was 11, she started marijuana and alcohol. Um, that would go on to doing other things, and she would wake up in the mornings tripping over people who had passed out on her bedroom floor because her mom would have parties, and she would get ready for school across these people. And fast forward 15 years, she had her own baby when she was 15 years old, I guess. I mean, when she was 15. When she was 18, she had her second baby, and she said... 
18 years after that, my daughter walked in front of me in handcuffs as I was sitting in jail. She had been beat up by her drug dealer, and the next morning, they let her come into her cell while she held her as she withdrew from her, um, her drugs. And I could not stop crying. All I could think is, she was 11. Where was someone when she was 11? And that's how our ministry got started, really. Um, I said, Lord, that day, if anyone has a vision for Flawless, reveal them to me. And I had to hear that woman's story to know that we needed to reach young girls like that 11-year-old who probably would never even get to step foot in a church. And um, that night at 11.45 p.m., no one that was even there that day sent me a um, Bible verse that said, you are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. Song of Solomon 4-7. And so I knew what God's vision was, and that's how Flawless began. Cool. So, Tom, why don't, why don't you share a little bit about what was on your heart and led you to, to do what you, you do with God's garage? Well, um, throughout the Bible, we're told to take care of the widows and the homeless and the, the uh, unwed moms and children and so forth. And so that's always been a thing that was on the back of my mind. And also how we're told that we're to use our talents in a way to serve God, and that was a big thing on my mind too. But um, I like to work on hot rods and, and cars, and I, w and I was realizing that I was wasting a lot of time working on my own stuff and my own cars and spending a lot of money. And, and so God just convicted me, he said, one day when I was working on a 49 Ford pickup truck I was putting together, it wasn't going very well. And I said, Lord, what's happening here? And he said, I've got moms in Kokomo that are driving around with no brakes. And you're sitting here working on a car that you don't even need. So it was then that I realized that I needed to step up and serve God instead of serving myself. And so, fortunately, the church came alongside and thought that was a great idea. It took a while, but yet, yeah, uh, the support is here, and so I'm very grateful for that. Wow. Man. That's a, that's a good kick in the butt. When you, <laughs> oh, thanks, God, man. Brian, how about you? Yeah, I, I was an IT director at Indiana Wesleyan for 14 years, and uh, a pretty steady job uh, right out of grad school, and uh, toward the end of that tenure, um, just had a tug on my heart to join a camp ministry, and I had no idea what that meant, what that looked like, so I started just applying to camps all around the country, and uh, nothing was working out. So for two or three years... I, you know, I, I was struggling because I, I kept feeling that God was saying, I want you to be a part of a ministry, a camp ministry. I'm like, I'm trying, but nothing, like no doors are opening. And, um, and so I had really had just kind of given up um, on, on that call um, until one day uh, a friend of mine was, kept bugging me to go to dad camp here. And uh, 
uh, at Crossroads. He said, you got to go to dad camp. You got to go to dad camp. I'm like, yeah, I will. But, you know, I'd love to go. But, you know, excuse, excuse, excuse. And we all have those excuses. And so another friend of mine here at dad camp, and I see his wife sitting here this morning, um, he called me and he said, hey, you want to go to dad camp this year? And I said, yeah, I'll probably sign up later. He's like, well, you're going because I already paid your way. And he, he paid for my dad camp. So in September, I went to dad camp with my daughter. This was two years ago, two or three years ago. Um, and that weekend hit me so hard. As we were driving away, my daughter was saying, please, dad, can we, can we come back next year? And I saw the impact that it, it had on her. And I felt the impact that dad camp had on me. And, I, and it was just like this, you know, light bulb moment. And I said, this is it. This is the ministry that I want to be a part of. And so went home and uh, signed my son up for the next weekend. Uh, went right back to dad camp. And, I, and long story short, I've been a part of dad camp ever since. Um, but it hasn't been easy, for sure. So you just segue right into my next question. Um, On purpose. That's great. Well, well done. I'll pay you later. Uh, so, what do you mean it hasn't been easy? Like, if, if God's calling you to do something, doesn't he just kind of pave the way and everything falls into place, right? Absolutely. That's exactly how it happens. <laughs> uh, no, so, uh, you know, there were so many things uh, to consider. Like, for me, I was like, I was ready to go. I'm like, yes, you know, this is it. God, I'm ready to, I'm all in. And my wife was like, hold on a second, you know, um, what about, you know, this, this salary and your, your retirement and all of those things and um, benefits and uh, insurance? Um, there were so many things to consider because you were going to give all of that up, all of it. Um, and that, that kind of hit me, uh, you know, like, you're right. I, life is going to change. Life is going to look different for us. Um, so it took a while for us to really pray together. And that's one thing, if you feel that God is tugging on your heart to do something, just don't do it alone. You and your, your wife or your husband need to go in together. That's number one. Um, so we took some time and really, really prayed about this decision um, and, until we felt that, it, that we were ready to make that decision together. And so we, we, we took that leap of faith um, stepped out, and I, I left my job at Indiana Westland, started dad camp part-time, had to find another part-time job. Um, it was really difficult for a year. Now I'm full-time dad camp, um, but times are tough. Um, it's not all, you know, glorious at times when, you know, when you're starting to see your finances go down or other things with insurance and you can't do some things that you used to do or buy, um, it can be a struggle sometimes, but on the other side of that, the, the things that, that I get to do with the ministry, and God is, always provides for us. He's always there to say, I've got you, I've got you, I've got you, I'm going to take care of this. And it's so cool because my, my kids get to see that. You know, things aren't just always provided for them. They're like, we're not sure how we're going to do it this month. And then God comes through in a major, major way, and we're like, see kids, that's God. He is going to provide for you. He's going to take care of you. So it hasn't been, you know, wonderful every week. You know, there's a lot of times I travel too, 
Um, we're a global ministry, so there will be times when I travel to Africa um, or the DR or Honduras, and I may be gone uh, 10, 12 days in a row. And that, you have to consider those things too, because now my wife is a single parent for those days that I'm gone, and it's hard. So when I get home, you know, I'm exhausted from my trip, and, and, I'm, and I'm re- I get home and walk through the door at 2 a.m., like, oh, honey, it was... Whew, what a trip. And she's like, tag, you're it. You know, now it's your time to be a dad and, and take care of these kids for the next 10 days. So uh, it can be hard. It can be really difficult. But uh, again, it can be an amazing time as well. Tom, do you want to share about some of the challenges or obstacles that you faced uh, with God's garage and getting where you are? Yeah, we, um, the, like I said, the church was very supportive and uh, so I initially uh, getting volunteers because we're all volunteer or um, we're a small group and we're all volunteer and so and you don't necessarily have to have a mechanical background to be able to, to do what we do and God will give you this enough skills for you to get by and so we got together uh, about 15 guys to start with, and we started on um, June the 9th of actually working on cars, June the 9th of 18, and we worked on four cars that day and um, decided that, you know, it's hard to get parts or it's hard to get volunteers. And so some of the things that I thought would possibly come easy were being a little bit more difficult than I planned on. So, um, but we, you know, we pushed on through and uh, it's going good now. We still need volunteers and that's the biggest struggle that we've had uh, throughout because right now we have 21 people in the group. We could use 40 in the group or more, and that way people wouldn't feel like they are, they should volunteer every weekend or every Wednesday evening. We can spread it around a little bit more, and that would help to eliminate some of the troubles that we, that we go through. But um, I was about ready to give it up in <clears throat> probably August. <laughs> So it was June, July, August. <laughs> and uh, then we had the potential of getting having a building donated. Well, that took a while to happen, but yet it was that inspiration that kept me chugging on. And, uh, you know, I knew that at that time God wanted us to continue with it. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to see what the future has. And- if you don't realize, one of the obstacles they were facing was just literal space to work on the cars. And so they've been working out in the maintenance barn. Um, but we, we need that for other equipment through the week. And so, you know, any intensive repair, you'd have to kind of put things back and 
pull the car out in the driveway, and then the next time you, exactly. you're there working, move things out and put that back in and get everything, you know, so you can't just like leave it where you are and leave your tool set. You got to clean everything up and reset. So this new building is going to be going to be huge uh, for, for what you guys can do. And Yeah, we can leave our tools there, and we don't have to pack up everything yeah. each time. And if we have a car that's still down that evening, we don't have to worry about getting it out of the way for the, yeah. for the maintenance building. So that'll, that'll help. Cool. Elizabeth, you want to share some of the challenges and obstacles that you faced with Flawless? Um, sure. So would love to say that every day has been super easy and just super just fun and glitter and excitement, but um, there's been tears and there's been hard times and there's been times away from your family or your kids' events um, when, when you're kind of torn, but you know if this is the vision God's given you, um, along with the other lovely ladies that help run this ministry, um, it is a sacrifice, and just, I think, being obedient to God, no matter the trials or tribulations, um, he will equip you no matter what needs done. And he may not, I mean, I'm like, me? Why, why would you want me? But it's not me. It's all these people who he's made the hands and feet of Jesus because I've told many people I couldn't even pray out loud 10 years ago with my friend across from me at lunch. So this is a big step for someone like me. And if I can do it, anybody could do it for sure. So Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, last question for you guys. Uh, a truth that I've found in ministry is that uh, God doesn't call us to do ministry alone. And um, he's put this passion and burden on your guys' heart. You have been faithful to follow through. But uh, who have been some of the people that God has brought around you to help you accomplish that? And then the second part is, um, if somebody here is maybe hearing about these ministries for the first time saying, oh, I, I want to get involved with that. How can people today get involved uh, with your ministry? If that makes sense. So who's been around you to get you where you are? And then how can people get plugged in? Do you, you want to go first, Elizabeth? Um, we have a core team of some beautiful ladies, and I think a few of them are here today. Um, we'll be at the table outside um, if you guys want to help or want to know more about it. But we do have a website, and also everyone wanted to know, well, what about a boys' ministry? What about a boys' ministry? And we said, well, we're not boys. We'd have to have somebody that's a boy to run a boys' ministry. And so Sam Pierre is here representing um, Bulletproof, which has come along um, almost exactly a year later after Flawless. And it's run quite the same. Obviously, very boyish compared to very girlish. But um, so we'll no, be, no pink glitter. No pink glitter for, for them. Nope, for they are all boy, and that's that's the way it's meant to be. So cool, Brian. Uh, I, I would say, you know, we have an awesome team of volunteers at Dad Camp, and we have uh, an awesome board, and, and our director Jason Braun is is a solid guy too. But I want to mention. The person that I spoke about uh, earlier who paid my way to dad camp. Um, none of this would happen without him. Talking about an ordinary person changing thousands of lives across the globe. Took one phone call of him saying, hey, I'm going to pay your way to dad camp. Um, just think about, about that impact. And, and he's a part of that story. Um, may not think that it's very significant, but it's changed my life, changed, um, I think it changed it's dad camp and the way we do things. Um, so just, just think about that. 
To get involved with dad camp, we can always use volunteers. We, it takes an army of volunteers to, to do dad camp, um, and you guys can sign up online. Uh, but I would say if you're a dad, come to dad camp. Dad camp is not a kid's camp. We're not, there, there are a lot of kid's camps. We're for dads. We're about men. So if you're a dad, come to dad camp. You may say, well, my kids are older. We have an old school dad camp that's for fathers and, and older sons, high, or college and up. If you're a dad, you're always a dad, right? So come to dad camp. If your kids are from first grade to 12th grade, come to dad camp. I don't want to hear your excuses. I've heard them all. <laughs> so um, I can talk you out of all of them. So please come to dad camp. We had over 50 dads from Crossroads come to dad camp this year. I want to double that this next year in 2020. So oh, cool. come to dad camp. Awesome. And then Tom, uh, with God's Garage. Uh, we uh, have 21 people in our group now. And like I said, we could use 40 or more, and that, that would ease the load. But like I have said also, the church has been very supportive. I couldn't have done it without the help of uh, Dick Sanburn, has been instrumental in time. And Brent, you have too, and the whole staff has been behind it the whole time. I, sometimes we think uh, that, you know, eh, just how important is that? I want to do something that's way more important, but you have to know that we are changing lives in our community. We're, we're getting cars running for girls that, and ladies and guys too but that haven't been able to get a job because their car's been broke down or they can't get their children to school or uh, widows who uh, haven't been able to get to their doctor's appointments because uh, their cars haven't been working. So through the support of our team, we've got some really talented guys and we've got some not so really talented guys, but they're there supporting and doing what they can do, and everybody stays busy. And we, so I'm really appreciative of, of our team, and I would like to see more people to sign up. Awesome, awesome. Well, so if, if uh, God's been kind of tugging on your heart or anything that, that uh, any of these three have said, that kind of a light bulb, uh, as soon as we dismiss, they'll be out at the Next Steps area at some of the tables, and you can come and ask questions or Say, hey, sign me up, or uh, hey, I, I want to, how can I pray for you, or whatever it may be. Um, but I uh, encourage you to, to connect there. And uh, I also just want to point out, talking about just the variety of different ways that God works, um, so often we think that, uh, you know, like, we, we, we leave it up to the, the church to figure it out, or, you know, well, the, the pastors will, will lead something, or, well, they'll do this, and... Uh, this is, these are things that God has bubbled up in, in different ways, and he works kind of from the ground up most of the time. Uh, and, and um, you know, to be honest, like you heard Tom talk about that we've, as a church, have kind of poured some resources and, and partnered a little bit with God's Garage. Uh, to be honest, we've not done a single thing with Flawless uh, from a church-wide standpoint other than just like praying and supporting and you have been amazing in, in getting it going and, and running with it and seeing God's work there. And um, I mean, Crossroads people have been involved and stuff, but I, I just, I think that's awesome. And 
Brian, Dad Camp was a vision of another church that kind of took off and exploded. Now it's its own organization, uh, independently run, and, and, and you're a part. I know we support you a little bit. Um, you, you took the shift from uh, switching careers and, and doing that. But um, like talking about excuses, don't, you know, don't say like, well, someone else will cover this. Crossroads is a big church. Someone else will do it. No, he's put the heart and the passion on, on you. And, and so often what happens is if you say no, or you begin to make those excuses to the things that God's laid on your heart, you get a case of what I call the ought to's, right? You make all the, you know, Brian talked about all the excuses and the reasons not to, and, um, but that, that heart is still there because God's given it to you. And so you get a case of the ought to's. Well, somebody ought to you know, or, or you don't know how many times people come to leadership at Crossroads and say, you guys ought to, those ought to's are yours. God has laid that on your heart and you're the one that he's calling to step up and to, to do it, whether it's to pray, whether it's a small step or whatever, but that is your heart that God has given you. You're the one that those ought to's are for you. And we can't be dependent upon one single person or one small group of people because we're so limited in what we do. This is a beautiful thing. Crossroads, you are the church. You are the church, and you are the church, and you and you and you are the church. It's not, it's not limited to a certain role or organization or a certain small group of people. No, we are the church. And so the question is, what is God asking you to do? Uh, and so I just appreciate you guys so much modeling that. And um, the truth is, you guys want to know that they didn't tell the secret. You guys want to know the secret to to these three, to be used in God's extraordinary story. It's the same secret that Mary and Joseph found out. It's the same secret that Peter and John found out. It's one word. Yes. Yes. You guys felt a calling, a, a something on your heart. You had no idea where it was going to lead. You had no idea how it was going to come together, but you said yes. And I just want to say thank you for that. So if you guys would give them a big round of applause. Thank you so much. You guys can... Uh, Go, go grab a seat. They'll be out at the, the tables uh, on, the, on the way off. You want to talk to them. And then um, encourage you to, those are amazing ministries, get involved. But I also know this to be true uh, because I hear the stories and I know what's going on. And this is the thing I love about Crossroads is there are a dozen more stories, a dozen more ministries, a dozen more ways that God is using individuals in this church to have just as big of an impact in our community uh, and for, for his kingdom. And I just want to say thank you. That's what makes this such a great place. And if you are feeling God's leading um, and you're saying, man, I don't know, like, I don't have the skills. I don't have the time. I, maybe when I retire, maybe when my kids get older and you start, you know, saying no without really saying no, how we do. I just want to leave with, with this one kind of strange piece of encouragement that the Apostle Paul gives in 1 Corinthians. just want to leave us with this scripture. And he's talking about how um, the message of the cross seems foolish uh, to, to many people. He said, God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom. He's used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. And then he goes on and he says this, but to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. You say, I'd I don't know how I can make that happen. I, I don't have enough skills. I don't know enough things. I, and you, you, you kind of disqualify yourself. Well, it's not about you. 
Paul says Christ is the power of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. And so if you say yes to Jesus, you're saying yes to this incredible power, this incredible wisdom, then God will work through you. All you have to do is say yes. You're saying yes to the power of God and the wisdom of God when you say yes to Jesus. And then he goes on and he he, uh, wraps up and he says, this foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. And so you say, oh, I'm just an ordinary person. How can God use me? I, I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. I don't have enough whatever. When you say yes, you're saying yes to the power of God and the wisdom of God. And it may seem, you know, this doesn't make sense. I don't know how this is going to come together. Well, God's foolishness is wiser than the, human, the wisest human wisdom. And God's weakness is stronger than, uh, than the strongest human strength. You tap into that. And, and we see that in those in so many different ways. And so as we close, I just want to ask this one last question. Uh, as you are wrapping up 2019 and looking at 2020, and maybe you have a little bit of time off work to sit and think and pray, this is my challenge to you, to all of us. What is your ordinary yes that you need to say yes to God to be used in an extraordinary way? What is your ordinary yes that sets you up for God to use you in his extraordinary story. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you so much for, um, thank you so much for, for Brian and Elizabeth and Tom being uh, willing to share some of how you are using them to impact our community, to impact your kingdom, to change lives. I thank you so much for their obedience and I just pray your blessing on them as they continue to do that and continue to, to guide uh, their ministries Lord, for those of us in here that uh, as they were talking, something stirred in our hearts, maybe you're calling um, some of us to play a role in those ministries, to be support, uh, to be volunteers, to say, hey, look, I, I can't do much, but I can pray. I will pray for this ministry. God, whatever it is you're, you're asking us to do, uh, empower us to do that. And I know, God, there may be some others of us that have this unique idea and this brand new thought, this thing, and you say, well, it's, somebody ought to do something about that. God, move in us. Make us that ought to. We're the answer to that. And so, God, help us tap into you, into who you are, and fix our eyes on you, Jesus, because you are the power of God and the wisdom of God, and we follow you. We are walking in you, in your strength, in your power, and you're gonna change the world, but you use us. You use ordinary people to do that, and I thank you for the countless faithful people of Crossroads that are doing that in, in seemingly unknown, ordinary ways, but it has an immense impact on our community and the globe. So Lord, may we honor you. May we say yes to the things that you're putting on our heart as we head into 2020. Lord, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.